Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Hello and welcome to MHI Cast. Uh, thanks for being with us. You know, this past year has led to so many changes in the material handling industry, and one of the more common changes has been the rapid adoption and evolution of remote work strategies. So in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive and look at what are some of those changes? What were they? What made them possible? And how remote work may continue to change in the future. We're joined by Larry Strayhorn, co-CEO and president of Pulse Integration, and Brian Jensen, chairman and executive vice president of St. Ange Company. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for being with us today. Before we see how things have evolved, let's look at what remote work looked like pre-pandemic. So Larry, why don't you start us off? What was your first introduction to remote work strategies and how has it evolved? Um, I've been in the business for over 40 years. Uh, I've worked for some of the largest material handling systems integrators uh, in the industry, um, as well as a few small ones. Uh, I've owned you know, three different uh, material handling integration companies. And uh, my first one was back in the late 1990s, early 2000s. And it happened to be in Maine. And Maine is a very interesting place. Um, it is a, a Great destination for vacations and for holidays, and everybody wants to visit Maine. And recruiting people to come to Maine was pretty easy. What I found was once they got done with all of the, the fun stuff about Maine, they wanted to move back home and move back to the Midwest or the South or the Far West. And so way back when, when I owned Diamond Phoenix or co-owned Diamond Phoenix, um, I was starting to trying to figure out remote work uh, strategies. Uh, most of our employees were located in, in Portland, Maine, uh, but we were, had a growing amount of people that were living in Michigan, and Texas, and, and other places. And in the early 2000s, we really didn't have the tools to, to effectively work remote, but we wanted to maintain our employees, so we had lots of workarounds and a lot of travel. And, uh, it, it, was a, it was a complex environment. Turn the clock forward to about six years ago when I bought into Pulse Integration and it was a Pittston, Pennsylvania based company where the majority of the employees lived in Pittston. Um, it, Pittston's a very interesting place. It's a, an industrial uh, coal mining town that's kind of grown up as a crossroads distribution area. But it's, it's not a destination place to go once a live. And so when I negotiated uh, my position in, in the procurement of, of my piece of the company, um, it was based on me working remote. And the uh, intent was to take a material handling company uh, that was primarily a distributor company in Pittston and convert it into and build an immigration company. And it was very clear to do that, we were going to have to hire a lot of people. And knowing that I personally didn't want to physically move to Pittston, Pennsylvania, my family's in Michigan, uh, I'm a Michigander, and I, I really wasn't looking forward to moving away from my family. 
my strategy was we would build our company as a remote work company. And so we've grown from the day when I bought into the company of about 17 employees to now almost 70 employees. That's seven zero. And we still have about 17, 18 employees located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Everyone else works remotely around the country. Yeah, that's interesting. I imagine that there have been some more changes over the past year. Tell us what's been updated. We used to, um, all of the executives now, we went from having two executives, one living in New York, one living in Pittsburgh, to having an executive leadership team of five individuals. And we are all remote. And what we did uh, pre-COVID was once a month, we would all try to rendezvous in Pittston to have meetings. And we would bring our employees in, our managers or our directors into Pittston almost on a monthly basis for a week here or a week there. Um, we would do uh, review meetings in Pittston. We would do um, team building efforts, workshops and, and such all in the Pittston area. Since we have uh, entered into the COVID um, world, uh, we pretty much have stopped that. And I have not been to Pittston for a year come March. And we have forced ourselves to have more um, communication via, via computers and via the Internet than we ever have. And it's been a little bit uh, rocky because I haven't physically been around most of my staff for a year. Um, but with the current tools, we're able to pivot and set up very routine um, uh, meetings that are all required cameras on for, for uh, staff meetings in the mornings, for review meetings. The employees that actually live in Pittston, we have been able to create some socially distanced uh, cubicles in the area, and we have a rotating schedule that not all employees are in five days a week. Um, we have come, some of our key senior people in that come in only three days a week. We have some of the junior uh, finance and accounting people that come in two or three days a week, and we have kind of a rotating uh, office time so that, you know, they can come in and process payroll or they can come in and process invoicing or checks that come in the mail or whatever, things that physically have to happen in the office. But everybody in Piston is now set up to work remote. And many, many times those people on the phone calls will be calling in from their homes. Thank you, Larry. Now let's switch tracks and talk to Brian. Brian, what was your experience with remote work pre-pandemic? Pre-COVID, we had out of our 140 employees um, spread across three offices. Our main office in York housed about 80% of the folks, um, two other offices in uh, Jacksonville and Dallas. But we still had in the neighborhood of a dozen or so folks who worked what we called full-time remote. Um, they were usually senior individuals who'd been in industry for a while and were located and settled in areas other than where we already had our offices, particularly West Coast, where we, you know, the furthest west we got was Dallas, Texas. Um, so we developed a means by which they could support the business and we could use their skills remotely. So that was the, I guess, complexion 
of our remote workforce prior to the pandemic. Um, and that was even new for St. Ange Company. When I joined St. Ange Company in 20, 22 years ago, um, you couldn't work for St. Ange Company unless you were willing to move to York, Pennsylvania. And you know, even then, when it was more difficult to work from home, that put a, a kink in our recruiting because not everyone wants to come to the city where a singular location happens to house a company. Let's explore that a bit more, Brian. In your opinion, how has St. Ange updated its remote work strategy in the past year? It actually, about 20 years ago, we had a few attempts at remote employee utilization. What got in the way of that being successful or growing faster was technology or the lack of it. Um, 20 years ago, you did not have the kind of bandwidth you have. We couldn't be doing what we're doing here with us in two different cities doing a podcast interview you know, across broadband um, internet. Um, that was unheard of. Um, so it struggled. It took a very special kind of person to, to work remotely. They had to fly back and forth from offices continuously. As the technology grew, um, we were able to make better use of folks remotely. Uh, the kinds of jobs they could do could expand. We didn't just hire folks remotely to do implementations where they wouldn't be in the office anyway. They would be on site with clients. Uh, we could hire folks to do design work. They could, across the internet, look over a CAD operator's shoulder virtually and direct him or her on, on how to uh, clean up a drawing or how to lay out a conveyor system. Um, so over time, technology allowed us to make better use of remote resources, which pre-pandemic we used to tap into experts who had skills that we really needed, who would not or could not relocate to locations where we had physical offices. Now, all that changed once the pandemic hit. And as an engineering consulting company, we don't have a product. Our product is our people. So we had to make sure that all of our people regardless of what their jobs were, regardless of their level of seniority and experience with the company, could be as effective as possible. Um, that meant a couple of things. We had to upgrade our technology a bit. We knew how to support people working remotely. We had to increase the bandwidth with which we could do that, increase the number of VPN pipes we could have to securely access our servers, make sure we knew that the, we could maintain the servers and keep them running, even though no one was in the office except the caretaker because the office was closed. It wasn't even our choice. That was a state mandate that... Uh, uh, required remote working at that time. One of the things we found out is some folks took very well to working at home. Other folks needed more direct assistance. Sometimes that assistance was simply, yes, get your monitor from work. Take, you know, everybody has laptops, but you, if you want to work off the two monitors that you use on your desk, take that home. We had a few folks, we actually helped them set up their office phones at home. So it would be a little more like the phone, especially the ones who did a lot of phone work. Um, then there was the softer side of all that reality. We had some folks who didn't adjust too well. Folks who are now home and their and their chi their children were home and their grandchildren were home and they had a massive house full of people so that finding a quiet workspace in and of itself was a challenge. We helped them with, with strategies and we researched some things that they could do to make a workspace at home that would work for them. Um, and that was really you know research on our part. It was new to us as well. Um, but the biggest benefit we had was a resource we had internally. If you remember those dozen or so folks that I mentioned earlier that had always been working from home, we actually created counseling sessions where they could meet one-on-one. -on -one. They were available to any of the folks who'd just been relocated to home to share with them what they do and how they work from home and how they were productive and how they could, you know, cordon off their day so that their, one, their day didn't run all the way into the evening past dinner, or two, that they were able to get up, get at them, and, and be working at the same times that you would have been working if you were in an office. So it was through a use of all those resources, and most importantly, the understanding that for some people, there was going to be an adjustment. You can't simply expect people to work from home and be perfect. It's a new environment. It's a new way of doing things, and you have to learn together. 
Thanks, Brian. Now, I know that both of you work for integration companies, and in some cases, it isn't possible to do the work remotely. How have you handled that? Let's start with you, Larry. Now, we are deemed essential uh, because we're involved very heavily in the pharmaceutical uh, prescription fulfillment business. We're involved very heavily in food and beverage distribution. And so most of our projects have been deemed essential projects, which we are an essential employee or an essential supplier to those supply chains, um, which requires our staff to go to site. And we got ahead of the COVID uh, scare very quickly. And we have a very, very strong safety manager that uh, put together uh, some very leading safety protocols for staff to meet on job sites. So although we're not getting together at our office in groups, we are still having our project teams getting together on project sites um, with a very strict protocol uh, from a safety perspective. And so the change has really been not in an office environment. It's been more on a job site environment that, that we've had face-to-face involvement or communication. Our employees have to have a, a COVID test um, prior to traveling to site, and they have to be negative. Um, and in some cases, we require two negative tests before you can travel to a project site. Um, once you travel to a project site, uh, you do go into a semi-quarantine uh, uh, setting where um, you may only get into our project trailer or an isolated area within uh, a customer's facility, not have free reign within that customer's facility. Um, we also require that once you go to a, a project site that you're kind of in the bubble. You don't go out to eat. You don't visit the night spots. You don't do all the fun stuff that, that project guys like to do on or project people like to do on a, on a job site. You're pretty much stuck to your hotel room and to the project site. All meals are, are brought in uh, from the outside and you dine in your, in your hotel room. On the, on the project site itself, of course, lots of focus on face coverings are required at all times. Uh, eye coverings are required at all times, sanitation stations set up while you're entering a facility or the exit of facility, uh, multiple um, sanitation stations set up on the job site because typically our systems are, are across a facility, so in, in many different areas in a facility, so our, our employees have to, to move about. Um, we cordon off in the facility uh, where our employees can travel. And, and walk and, and interact, and we keep our employees separate from our customers' employees. So we use barriers or, or roping or whatever to, to block off uh, areas so that we don't commingle with our, our customers' employees. How about you, Brian? How did Sainange handle on-site work? So there was no on-site work for a while there. Ironically, if you look at the case rate and the caseloads that we had in April and March, they're significantly smaller than what we see now, yet things are not as restricted now, in part because I think we've come to an understanding of the virus at a different level. We're at least, unfortunately, more experienced with it. Now, we have certain clients who will allow site visitation under certain circumstances. Um, Generally, geographic proximity makes a big difference. Clients prefer that you're driving to their site than flying to their site. 
can't say that I blame them. So where we have resources, both those are spread throughout the country and in office areas where clients are, um, we're able to get on site a lot more easily than we might have been otherwise. Um, when there was nothing happening on site for those clients that needed us to help them, um, we were able to pioneer and pioneer for us, obviously, these, these the, when you hear this, these are not new and earth shattering technologies, but we were able to utilize uh, GoPro cams that we would actually buy and send to the client, even FaceTime walkthroughs of a facility to understand their operations with key department managers. Those took the place of in-person site visits. We, we did a couple of master planning projects for highly automated buildings for some very large CPG companies in the second quarter of this year where we never set foot on site. That would have been unheard of pre-pandemic. But we used the technologies at hand to get the information we needed to acclimate and understand the client's operations and technologies as we needed to so that we could provide what we do best, and that's engineering new solutions for distribution and logistics. You know, it's really interesting because uh, personally, I would never have imagined that technology would be used for digital walkthroughs. So it sounds like that's really a new innovation that others will be adopting very, very soon. Uh, we're just about to wrap up here. So Larry, I'll toss to you one final time. What do you think remote work will look like in the future? Post-COVID, after we all have vaccines and we all are starting to feel safe to get back in, in, in the office, I think you're going to see a, a, uh, a resistance from a lot of people to start working uh, in an office. Um, yeah, it's COVID today. What is it? the next pandemic or the next disease. Most of my employees were reporting, uh, we had a call, uh, a town hall call a week ago, that this is the first year that they haven't had colds, flu, all of the nagging illnesses that, that kind of pop up and kind of work your way through. They've all said they felt pretty healthy in the last year. And that's because they haven't been exposed to a lot of people in, in a close environment in an office. And so, you know, I plan on re, uh, keeping my company as a remote workforce. And the strategy has worked well. And I think you're going to see a lot of people that, that were office bound, uh, realize that, that they can be productive and work from home and increase their quality of life. Um, and want to to remain a, a remote uh, employee or minimize the amount of office time. Um, you know, we talk about remote work and it's safe and, and you're not you know, socially close to, to people. Um, but for us, you know, it, it, it wasn't that at first. It was quality of life. Live where you want to live. Um, enjoy life. At the same time, you're, you're being productive from a, a work perspective. And our, the culture of our company is, is very much a, a culture of, of living your life and enjoying life. Um, not just I'm an employee and I work, you know, every day and, and I'm at a grind and I'm living in a place that I don't want to live. Um, I've got people that work for me that are surfers and they live on the coast in Florida and they surf every single morning. I've got uh, people that are rock climbers that live in Colorado and they climb rock every day. They're mountain climbers. Um, I've got skiers that work for me that live in Salt Lake City that ski all winter long. 
Um, they really don't want to live in the Midwest. They want to live in the East. They want to live in Salt Lake City and ski every day. Um, and so we're focused on quality of life and our employees repay us in spades with their productivity and their creativity and their commitment to our success um, because they have a high quality of life. And they're, I would say they're fairly happy employees. And Brian, final comments, any advice, uh, any words of advice rather for those hoping to implement their own remote work strategy? The first bit of advice I have from our experience is it's about the people. Look at the people that want to work remote. Look at their capabilities. It's not that one person can and one person cannot work remotely. It's that one person might do it very easily, might take to it very quickly, and one person might need some coaching, some tools, some adjustment time. I think at the end of the day, different people will, will prosper differently remotely, but all can be enabled to work remotely effectively. Larry, Brian, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to this MHI cast with Brian Jensen and Larry Strayhorn about remote work strategies. Make sure you keep up to date on the latest industry trends by attending Promat DX. Visit promatshow.com to learn more. You know, here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. Thanks for making us a part of your professional development journey. And be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of MHI Cast. Thank you for listening to this MHI Cast with Brian Jensen and Larry Strayhorn about remote work strategies. To keep up to date on the latest industry trends, be sure to attend Promat DX. Visit promatshow.com to learn more. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.